In Christ's love, dear fellow redeemed, grace and peace is ours through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the first week of this shelter at home that we've been going through, I remember watching a, a newscast where they interviewed the sports guy because he doesn't have any more sports to cover because Major League Baseball has canceled, Major League Basketball has canceled, spring football and spring camps at colleges are canceled. All the women's basketball, women's sports were canceled. He said, I'm talking to a trainer today, and he's talking about how the, how all of the, the fact that all the sports have been canceled, many people are going to be more depressed than usual. And then he went to the trainer, and this is what the trainer said. He said, we are all made to be part of something bigger than ourselves, and sports provides that. And so a major loss in personal life satisfaction is happening because as we find ourselves getting, finding meaning and purpose in the, the bigger thing of our favorite sports or favorite sports team, that's being taken away right now. He said, people are going to be a little bit more depressed than normal. And he's not, uh, he's on to something. It's true that we are all made to be part of something bigger than ourselves and that for many of us, sports provides a, a portion of that. And now it's been taken away. But there's other things that have been taken away, like our jobs provide meaning and purpose as we serve society in a way that we found uh, purposeful for us. And then some of us are furloughed and some are losing their jobs. And there are many other ways, even outside of a COVID virus, that people lose their sense of, of purpose because of some kind of drawback, shrinkback, suffering that they're going through. And that's something bigger than we're all to be a part of comes from heaven, and it's timeless. And so it can't be taken away. So the neat thing is, is that as Christians... God has, in His mercy, given us that something bigger. And that something bigger is the gospel and the community of faith of people that it creates. And that's what Peter is saying in his letter called 1 Peter. He's writing to, he says it at the very beginning, he's writing to the dispersed Christians who were scattered by the persecutions of the Roman Empire. They were subject to all kinds of trouble socially from their governments and from their culture, but also through disease like we are with this COVID virus, they are, their lives were limited and they were suffering. And it felt like because they had become Christians and were living out the Christian life and they were so different than everybody else, counterculture, cultural, that they themselves were losing their sense of meaning and purpose. They were felt scattered. And so throughout the letter, he talks about how we are one church built on the cornerstone Christ, and we are many stones filled with the Spirit, all singing the praises of God as a royal priesthood. And he talks about us having an inheritance together that can't spoil or fade. And in this section of chapter 1, 1 Peter 1, 17 to 25, he says, God and His gospel through Jesus Christ is the biggest something bigger in your life. And that's what I want you to take away from this message today. We all need something bigger, but Jesus is the biggest something bigger in your life. And he, he leads us to live with God as the someone that's bigger than all people watching us. And he, he teaches us to live for a bigger cause or the biggest cause, which Peter talks about here, and we'll get to that.
So I'm going to read to you the first half of this reading. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 to 21. And then we're going to talk about how this applies to our lives. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here on earth in reverent fear. Here's the four. Whenever you see a four, you ask, what is that there for? For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. You were redeemed from an empty way of life, but it wasn't with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, Christ, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Do you remember how Peter was called from his life as a leading fisherman in the, around the Sea of Galilee? And how Jesus made him a leader among the disciples, and Peter had one idea of what that meant, and when it all fell apart, he denied knowing Jesus. And then Jesus reinstated Peter, and he said, you're going to take care of the church, feed my sheep. And that's what Peter's doing here, and it's at the end of his life. So some 30, 40 years after Christ, Peter's coming to the end, and he's feeding the flock. He says in this letter, his two letters, he says, I am I'm going to leave the tent of my body pretty soon, and I want to make sure that you are reminded about the gospel in which we stand. Well, here he's reminding us about the gospel in which we stand, and he's saying, it's still, after all these years, it's still the big thing. It's God's big idea. It's the big thing in my life. All the other big things that I had in my life, they have, they have been dwarfed by this big thing, and it's God bought me with the blood of his own son. And Jesus really died and really rose again. And I am really going to live forever. Sometimes for us Christians who've lived with that good news for so long, it can kind of be dwarfed by all of the things that happen to, for us, with us in our lives. By our, our seeking an education, by our jobs, by our families, our family time, our goals that we have for our life, the things that we've got to do this coming week. Uh, the problems of a society, the social distancing, the uproar in our community because now we're stuck at home. The, 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 we don't know exactly what the future holds financially for this country, much less us individually. We, all of this stuff can become the big thing when in fact the big thing is still the big thing. It's Jesus and we're redeemed and we're going to heaven and we really are Going to, even though we die in our sin, we're forgiven and redeemed, so our body's going to rise again, like His did. We, he's the holy, precious Lamb of the Father, sent to earth to save us. And we are saved. The word saved means safe, also in the original. We're safe. We're safe in Christ. And that's the big thing. And we have, this is the first verse of what I read to you, we have the Father who was so gracious to kill His own Son for our sins watching us. That's why I have on this slide a picture of an eye. And it says, God is the someone bigger that we serve. That's what Peter's talking about. We serve a big God. Now, 
during this time that some of you have lost your jobs and you had a boss you really liked. And now you, you got up and once you left the house, you wanted to serve that boss well and that job or that company well. And now you've been set aside by them. It's easy to feel like you've lost that something bigger. You've only lost something smaller that was bigger than you. But you haven't lost that something bigger. You're living out what it's like to be a child of God without a job right now before the eye of him who gave his son for you. It's the same way if you've been cut from a team or furloughed from a job or your illness has sidelined you from your normal way of life. It's the same way in any setting where you have decided that what you used to think you lived for has been taken away. It even happens to us just in the natural uh, process of growing up. When we're little bitty, if we're born into a family with parents that are there at home and they're good parents, we see them as they're like gods to us. And what they, they provide and what they, the, the praise and encouragement and everything they provide, it identifies us for who we are. And their praise, have you ever seen a little kid stand on a diving board and around a swimming pool and mom sitting on their dad sitting on the side? Dad, watch! Dad, watch! Dad, watch! They want that dad's praise as they do a flip or a dive into the pool. Well, as you grow up and your parents' weaknesses are shown and you're getting smarter and more educated and more able, it's easy to start to lose that sense of that something bigger because now your parents, you see their, their, their faults. Maybe if parents have hurt your feelings in a big way, you really suffer from a, a depressed feeling that the something bigger is gone. You can even get angry and bitter about it because all you've ever wanted was their their approval, and you feel like you only got your feelings hurt from them. This is why some people look for the something bigger in a gang. Young boys will often find the, the parental figure in the older members of a gang. That's that something bigger they're looking for. Jesus and the Father are the something bigger. And we live out our life in reverent fear, it says, reverence for the Father because he gave up his only son for us. I remember when it dawned on me just how much my parents had really given up to raise all of their kids, including me. It was after our firstborn was two weeks old, and it just overwhelmed me with thankfulness. And I told them about it, my mom and dad about it, that, that they had done so much even in just the first two weeks of life for me. That changed the way that I revered them. Well, that's what Peter's talking about. He says, if you think about this hard, God gave up his only son for you. You'll live in reverence of him. He's your audience. You have an audience of one. That means that even if you're not, you're getting criticized for doing the right thing, you have God's praise. Even if you are not uh, getting help and reaction that you want at home by living a, a friendly spouse being a friendly spouse or living as a friendly father but it's not being reciprocated it means you still live for an audience of one that one eye is watching you so you have a reason to do the right thing you have a bigger reason to do the right thing social distancing is not because of what the government says but it's because of the god is watching to see that you love the people around you which leads us to the second half of the reading where Peter says, if you want to know what the reverent father 
the, is, is looking for when he's watching you. He said, I'll tell you. So let's read on. It's verse 22 and through 25. I like how Peter starts. It's just with well, it's this one word, now. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, what he's saying is, now that you've heard the gospel that God loved you in Christ, and through you repenting of being selfish and trusting in God's love for you, have learned that love for each other in the body of Christ, the church, is something that he wants from you. Now that you've learned to love Jesus and his people, because we're all in the grace of God together, now this is what I want you to do. Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all, here's a quote from Isaiah, all flesh, all people are like grass. All of their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Let me unravel this and unpack it for you so you can understand it better. Right now, we have wildflowers in the spring. And the blue bonnets are kind of like the queen of all wildflowers. And just now they're starting to fade a little bit. But they have been glorious because we've got a lot of rain. But there's other wildflowers coming up. But you know how it is, how you've been through this season before, if you've lived in central Texas. After a while, and you, even the, the, the follow-up flowers that are coming out, because the hot, drier days of summer will come by the middle or end of May, all the wildflowers start to fade. And you know how you feel inside. It's like, well, they didn't last that long, but they'll be back next year. Well, that sense of how short-lived the beauty of a flower is, is what Isaiah is saying about human beings. There's not one of us that's going to keep the glory of youth or our intelligence or our athleticism or our health or strength uh, forever. It's all going to fade. And it even fades in relationships because we get into tight spaces. And when we are put in tight spaces, we get tired and grumpy and we hurtful and unforgiving, and it gets harder to live with one another. Does that sound a little bit like sheltering at home? Maybe. It could at times, right? But it does sound like life. That's what life is like. Isaiah says, we're all, and Peter's quoting it, we're all like the grass. We don't last forever. And so what, we, what used to give us the something bigger, like you can have a wonderful dad, but he dies before you do. And now you're living out the rest of your life without your dad's praise. I, what Peter is saying is there's still something bigger. And that something bigger is the loving Heavenly Father that you have. And this is what he wants. He wants you to love each other deeply. And the people that Peter's talking to, because this little section is a part of a letter. And the letter is to the churches that have, the, of people that have been scattered throughout modern-day Turkey. It was Asia Minor back then. And, and Peter is writing as, a, as the, an apostle to all the Christians who are in the groups, who are in the towns of the churches that have been scattered. So this is what he says. You've learned to love each other because of the gospel. Now love each other deeply from the heart. 
I am a pastor. I don't want you to miss exactly what God is saying to you. So I'm going to bear down on what Peter is saying. Listen carefully. Your Christian family, the church, is really your family. You cannot say, like Cain said of his brother Abel, Am I my brother's keeper? You are family to the rest of us. It has, it, I, I've been a pastor in one place for 27 plus years. In, 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 and that provides its own kind of strength and weakness. One of the strengths and pains at the same time that it provides me is a perspective on the habits of us people. I have watched hundreds of times, because it's been 27 years, how someone walked in the doors of our church and they found the gospel and they got very excited. And when they got excited, they got engaged and they, got, they learned more like newborn babies and they, they grew in the word and they were engaged. As they got more engaged, they got more involved and they got more involved, they got more into relationships. As they got more into relationships, they, got, they spent more time and got more experience. And as they got more experience, they got bumped around by the sinfulness of the Christian family that, they, we, are, that we are. And so they got disenchanted. And when they got disenchanted, then they got disenfranchised. And when they got disenfranchised, then they got disinterested. And when they got disinterested, then they disappeared. And if I sound like I'm complaining, I am. That it hurts in the heart of, 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 of all God's people when somebody won't stick it out with you. And that's exactly what Peter's talking about, the suffering Christians. He's saying, you've learned to love one another initially. Now... The Father is watching you live in reverence by sticking it out with your brothers and sisters and not disappearing. And if you're disenchanted, you get back and get involved and you, you work it out with the word and the love of God. You, you learn Christian conflict resolution. You support one another. You build each other up. And when the goings get tough, you get going to love each other. What's been a joy for me is to see all throughout the years, people that did stick it out, that worked through the conflict, that loved people that were hard to love, that were forgiving when someone didn't meet their needs or someone said something that was harmful or hurtful. And, and, and they modeled it for the rest. What's really cool during the COVID virus is that I'm seeing people who've been furloughed from jobs who are throwing themselves into making sure that their Christian friends and their family and their neighbors and anybody they can find have groceries or have their needs met or have attention or have conversation or are making sure that they hype, uh, hype up getting the word of God to them or meeting their needs or talking back and forth about who's hurting and how can we help them. That's loving each other deeply from the heart. But it's all wrapped in this idea that we've experienced the something bigger. So what some people think is when they join a church as a community that, ah, it is the something bigger. And then they get disenchanted by the fact that it's human and it's got all the signs of any group of people you'll ever be around. There are, there's sin and disappointment. And they think maybe this isn't the something bigger. And Peter says, no, it is the something bigger. It's got Christ and the gospel and the grace of God that you share with one another as you get through life. And one by one, we see each other to the door of heaven, but we never leave. We're here. 
as brothers and sisters because we love each other deeply from the heart. Americans are addicted to moving on and moving away and separating from people. But Christians are not. And we're Christians in America. So we live as foreigners. We live as somebody different. We live as this is the big idea, Jesus and his church. And so we work at it because we're serving a reverent father who gave up his son for us. And now you see the whole picture. So when I was sitting there as a Christian pastor who loves sports, by the way, and has children who've played all kinds of sports, and I heard that guy say, yeah, there's going to be a little bit more depression right now because the something bigger is missing. I was nodding in agreement. But it's still sticking in my heart three weeks later as I teach you this passage because I had to work through what is really the something bigger in my life as a proclaimer of the truth. The something, the biggest something bigger is God and his gospel. So I'm going to be fine. A little disappointed? Yeah. A little less fun and entertainment? Yeah but certainly not depressed because we have God and we want to show the world Jesus didn't die and not rise again. He died and rose again and he lives on in the life of his church. May God give you the strength to live in that peace and joy. Amen.